0: Welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumpster. How are you doing, Stacy?
1: I'm doing well, John. I am home in um, uh, foggy North Carolina. There's no sun today, but it's uh, kind of miserable miserable and raining, but uh, the weather is up and the, and the uh, trees are starting to bud and the flowers are starting to come out in the North Carolina region, so it's good. We start on the road in the next couple of weeks, so it's nice to have a couple of weeks home. So, and how about you? Are are you home this
0: week? That's great. Well, I've been I've been around the San Francisco Bay Area and um, um, had some interesting stuff. I spent a little bit of time at the uh, Computer History Museum this week and. Cool. Met with some people at Singularity University, so I've been I've been having a great time, um, sort of exploring the edges of machine intelligence and its implications in HR, So it's been it's been a good week.
1: Very cool. I didn't even know there was a computer history museum, and so something to add to the list to see next time I get up to the area. Is that is it that good or? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's 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 worth a trip. Um, um, the the interesting thing about the history of computers is there's a whole lot of stuff that doesn't work anymore, and um, some of the people <laughs> I talk to are are interested in the question of how you get to the data that's in old Wang disks, for instance, and how yeah. do how do you yeah. how do you bring that up to date, and so so it's yeah. a, it's it's a, not just a, a an interesting museum but it's an interesting museum with a a longer term view of what data is and uh, I'm going back down there actually next week for for an AI and ethics um, gathering um, because they're interested in the implications of um, uh, AI for ethics over time. It'll be yeah. it'll be great. So
1: what's in the mailbag? Well it's 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 been a I don't say busy week. It's been more sort of I think of a, a lot of interesting stuff come up kind of week is a better way to put it, right? Later. Like, not a ton of money floating around on a lot of time I've been since a few of them. More things shifting, I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, so one of the things probably for everyone to note is that there is a new HR Technology Conference that is coming on the market called Select HR Tech, which is in June. Um, I'm speaking, in, I believe you're speaking in it as well. Um, uh, so there's some updates on that because the agenda came out. We also saw this week that Career Builder was in the news. Although, you know, the question is, is, is this big news or not? I'm not sure. Um, but they're say they are increasing their focus on talent acquisition platform by basically um, selling off their Career Builder employment screening and cre- creating a strategic partnership with them. So there's that. Um, we also saw another sort of not sell but sell, if you would call it. Right, Coke industry agreed to acquire all of n for uh, was already at seventy percent funded by the Coke Industries organization. Now they're fully. Um, Golden Gate has sold them completely out of their private equity firm. Um, but on the on the other side of things, sort of the 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 non-financial, but lots of sort of information sharing. We saw. Um, Many of the vendors who are in our space releasing, I think, interesting reports. Um, we're going to probably see a lot more of this this year and going into the next couple of years, which is the vendors have a lot of their access to their own data. And, so, and with that data, they're creating their own insights. Um, so Mercer released a report on connecting health and tech in the workspace, um, which is really has really got some fascinating details about sort of um, digital healthcare care uh, and, and the space that's growing there, and, um, we also saw, along the same idea, a uh, couple of reports released from ADP this week. Um, so ADP released uh, a 2019 State of the Workforce report, which is sort of some benchmarking data um, out in the market, and Illuminating the Shadow Workforce, which is about the gig economy. So both of those, I think, are, are worth talking a little bit more about. Um, and then kind of in the, in the area of new additions to the market, um, as far as, you know, products and tools, um Paycom is making uh, another little splash, adding management tools to their mobile app. Um, I think this is more, well, well worth paying attention to because the the additions they're making would rival anything we're also seeing with the larger um, vendors in this space. And so I think, you know, again, people sometimes um, uh, don't pay enough attention to what's going on in the middle market and the SMB space. Um, and Google is building a new message app, if we've got time to talk about it, that brings out – together, the Microsoft Zoom. We didn't get to talk about it last week. We thought it might be worth the conversation today. And then we talked about blockchain last week, but IBM uh, launched last week, at least the announcement or the conversation around an IBM blockchain tool that automates contract labor processes. So, um, so yeah, a busy week in the sense that there's a lot of sort of stuff going on, is a good way to put it. Where would you like to start, John?
0: Oh, you pick. Let's
1: why don't you pick <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the conference. Both you and I are going to be speaking at Select HR Tech. Um, this is going to be June 9th through 11th. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Um, it is put on by the same people who put on the um, HR Technology Conference in um, October, um, November, or October, September, depending on when it lands, um, every year in Las Vegas, which is sort of the big industry gathering for vendors, analysts, and um senior-level HR technology decision-makers. Um, this event is uh, very much focused on what I would consider sort of the, the director, buyer, vet, um, uh, administrator role, sort of the, the person who's getting their hands in the middle of all of the HR technology conversations, the HRS, HR technologists, whatever role you want to call them, um, because it's going to have more hands-on events, it's going to change the pattern up a little bit. So, we're getting 90 minute sessions with master classes, roundtables, and one on one meetings with the vendors. So, um, a little different than what we see at some of the other uh, events. You're speaking there, correct? What will you be speaking I, on?
0: I am. I am. I'm giving a, a master class for AI implementations. And um, what I like about this conference is that it's a very hands on kind of thing. So, rather than um, sort of esoteric topics presented by people, this is how do you do x how do you how are other people doing it so so the object here is to make people more successful in their actual work in h r technology. It's awesome, yeah, yeah.
1: I was really excited when gene asked me i I've got a session on uh, HR technology by the numbers, and we're actually going to be walking through how you achieve business impact with your HR technology environments, and um, what the new HR technologist role looks like, um, and I'll be having a, a friend of mine um, who is, uh, also works with me in the IRM Association who runs HR technology for a healthcare organization down in Florida um, co-presenting with me. It was the opportunity to actually have a real conversation. Most of the time when we do these presentations it's a data dump of just information or just 20 minutes of, of my thoughts, but you don't have the chance to get a real good conversation with the group. I think this is going to give us the opportunity. And I do like the, the, the round table formats too. Those are really intriguing and the and the one-on-one conversations with the vendors. So you actually can sit down and talk to them. I, I think, you know, Jean's putting together a nice, um, a nice differentiator. Um, I think there is room for the other type of conferences. I think there's room for 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 this type as well, and it's nice to have something that's a little bit of a balance with both. So,
0: yeah, I'm excited. It's it's going to be a different sort of thing. There's there is no shortage of uh, large conferences where uh, you're the audience and the speaker is separate from the audience. And, and in this case, it's mm-hmm. going to be more like hands-on, conversational, how do you do this, how do you do that, in smaller settings. And so it's going to be um, yeah. um, uh, profoundly different. This is going to be more like school and less like party time. It's <laughs> a
1: good way to put it. Yes, yes. Um, and, and it's still Las Vegas, so I'm still sure there'll be some time for party time, but it'll be nice to be able to walk out of there, hopefully for many of the people who go with, um, takeaways that they can actually use in their organization, um, decisions that they've actually made, those type of things. So we'll see. Um, so yeah, so that's June 9th through 11th <coughs> in Las Vegas. And I think the promo codes are out there now. The agenda's out there now. They're, they're getting ready to, to, to promote this at pretty high level. So everyone's probably seeing it. Um. But speaking of changes going on in the place, what, what, let's talk a little bit about these changes with Career Builder and Infor. I mean, these are like changes, but not changes, right? So they're, they're, they, these all have to do with private equity firms. And, and we know that private equity firms sort of buy things and then sell things with the idea of making money, right? Um, is it a big deal that Career Builder is spinning off their, what they call, I guess, CBES, their Career, Career Builder Employee Screening? Um, Uh, organization um, separately and are just creating a partnership with them at all?
0: That's kind kind of a weird question, right? This is a news show and uh, (laughs) and the question is, does this matter? And the answer is, uh, you you know, uh, private equity firms do one of two things in their playbook. They either... buy the company, bury it in debt, and then sell the whole thing, or they buy the company, bury it in debt and uh, sell off pieces. And so what's going on in CareerBuilder is they're selling off pieces. Uh, And uh, it's an interesting thing because you can buy one of these pieces and they'll sort of guarantee you business on the other side. So you know the the background checking company is a client state of career builder and so without a guarantee of continuation of the business then there's no business um, and so 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 they're, so they're selling it off now i i love, I love the way that pr works cuz they doll it up and they say we're increasing our focus on talent acquisition platform um, <laughs> Uh, so, but it's more like spring cleaning than it is like uh, uh, a strategic focus increase. you got to say
1: something. From a news perspective, should it matter to the buyers, like people who are using Career CareerBuilder, should they be asking hard questions of career CareerBuilder around this or is this just common sort of business practice and it'll sort of all work out in the wash? I, that's, that's the reason I think I bring some of these things up is as a buyer, I'd want to know, I see this press release. Should I be worried? Should I be looking at my next step in my, you know, buying making decision process?
0: Well, you can be reasonably sure that this indicates that the, um, um, private equity company is shopping anything that isn't nailed down. That is either all of career builder or part of it. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, there's some gems in that portfolio like Broadbeam, um yeah. that would be interesting to have. And there's some things that got sold already, like MZ, um the the um, employment uh data system that 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 are turning into great freestanding stuff. But there's all sorts of small operations under the career builder umbrella, including Text Colonel, I think, um, who's a... Uh, Resume parsing company. Um, um, and so so they're going to sell stuff off. They're going to sell the entire thing off. That's what this tells you. And the, um, the question about the security of your account is sort of a question of how critical is it to your business. If it's super critical to your business, you want to pay close attention to this. And if it's a job board... Um, um, maybe it doesn't matter so much.
1: Depends on what level of investment you have. Okay. That's I think that's a fair answer then.
0: Yep. Yeah, no now, now just just to just to keep going for a second, if you've got some sort of uh operational interface between accurate background checking and um, your HRIS so that you move the background-checking data back and forth, <clears throat> you might have to be a little bit alert to the fact that that interface may change. But it's going to be in the interest of everybody involved to make sure that you are aware, because if you can't use the interface, you won't send them checks anymore. And so the yeah. the, the, the people who are involved will probably be paying closer attention to near-term customer service, so you might expect that the quality of uh, the relationship that you have with Career Builder or its pieces will go up, um, but um, uh, just like they're shopping around, you might want to be shopping around.
1: That definitely is, I think, the conversation in the market. How long do you stay, particularly with talent acquisition, there's a lot of conversation, but, um, you know, and and do you always have a second option on the, um, on the burner, right? Something ready that you could pick up if your current vendor is not performing the way it's performing. I've had a lot of conversations recently with organizations who are creating uh, disaster um, um, plans. If one of their products that they're depending on ends up being bought, sold, or um, has challenges because everything's in the cloud. And so you have to make sure you're aware of where your data is going to be at. So very good
0: conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't imagine that in the case of career builder, that they're tied tightly to the strategy or or critical data of anybody, right? It's, it's much more of a, a source of data that needs to be cleaned up than it is a source of strategic value.
1: Now, that may not be the case with what's going on over at, with, uh, Infor. Um, Infor has industry specific technology, HR in particular in the healthcare space is a big space for them, but they have some other ones as well. Um, now Infor includes a lot of other ERP applications and they've invested a great deal of money in the cloud version of those other ERP applications, not as heavily in the HR space, but, Um, Lawson being probably one of the biggest acquisitions they've done in that area. Um, But yeah, they're, they're an organization now that's going out of private equity into just private ownership. Is that, or or Coke Industries is not private ownership, I guess, but into Coke Industries. Is that what's happening here?
0: Not really a big change. Yeah. It's not really a big change, but you got to wonder why they made the announcement this week, right? Coke Industries is a primary source of funding for um, the Republican Party, right? This is this is this is all companies have some sort of political interest at the top, and Coke is very specifically um, a you might say far right wing, but there's certainly a right wing organization, and so everybody knows the Coke brothers. Um, and, and their role in Republican politics. So why they'd want to be visible with uh, something like this this week? Boggles. I don't understand that. I don't understand. You think yeah. you think that they'd want some distance because because while the company is a, is a political uh, thing, they certainly don't want to to have that. Laced into their customer acquisition plan, um, yeah, but, no, but this say. this announcement ties in for to the Trump administration, right? and um, um, you'd think that that maybe it's maybe it's what they want to do, but but it seems like bad PR to me.
1: Well, and that was, you know, my thought is that, you know, I think, you know, because the way the statement came out, Coke Industries agrees, right? It's it's not, you know, in for, you know, moving to or anything like that, right? It it definitely was the emphasis in both the announcement and in the conversation that's taking place around it, around um, who Coke Industries is and what they're doing versus who Infor is and what Infor is doing. Um, Now, again, whether that was – you know, done, you know, specifically for a particular reason or whether that was just because of a bad understanding of PR and how it might play out. Um, but but there is. I think, that, you know, this is probably a bigger conversation that, that we often talk about, which is brand and brand recognition. You know, organizations aren't buying technology so much right now based off of features and functionality. I mean, you know, especially in the HR space and the ERP space, where a lot of the same functionality is uh, you know basically mimicked across the market, right? So you have a uh, um, an environment that is very um, sort of uh, standard, and what you're buying into is the future vision, the culture, the relationships, and the group of sort of external market that that organization is connected with. So their partners and relationships. Um, the poke or the the info particularly focuses a little bit more on the industry than others, but not that much more. So yeah, so this is this is an interesting thing at this point in time when that's the kind of buying cycle that we're in. I think for both ERPs and for HR technology, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. So the next one is um, a story about bringing translation services to. Um, Healthcare clients by by having the translation services done by remote workers, uh, and so it's 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 exactly the kind of thing that that HR is trying to figure out these days about who works where and what do you do about it. And this suggests that things that seem like they might not be replaceable with remote work actually are replaceable with remote work. So, so what do you think about AMN Healthcare acquiring Stratus Video?
1: Well, I think this is an interesting space in and that, that we're going to find more and more conversations about this um, in all areas of the industry, which is um, the idea and, – and, you know, this brings up a lot with the, the conversation we had last week about sort of the, the issues with um, what was going on with the coronavirus in the um, uh, Asia-Pacific market and people not wanting to travel Virtual work is, I think, something we're going to see a lot more conversation about as we get challenges to people wanting to travel or people wanting to move around or even people wanting to leave their, their local areas. Um, and finding areas where we can do virtual work in things like medicine or translation or other areas, right, um, will be invaluable to organizations who are trying to, you know, sort of reduce costs and, more importantly, Um, you know, sort of reach a broader audience. And that seems to be what AM and and healthcare is trying to do here. Um, They're digitizing something that we may not have thought was digital right before.
0: Yep. And so then then picking up the healthcare thread, Mercer um, um, has this new monstrous report about digital health in the workplace. And digital health, as I understand it, um, is it actually about health? It's about data. Yeah. Um, um, and, and healthcare records. Is that right?
1: Well, it, it's a little bit of it. It, it. It's data, it's healthcare records. It's also um, tele-access, right. To medical, you know, um, insights. So whether that's, you know, being able to, to, to sort of um, do a, a FaceTime with your doctor or, um, get prescriptions over the phone just by talking to a nurse, whatever that might be, right? So telemedicine is a big part of the digital um, uh, healthcare market as well as making sure your data is available so that when people are, are providing insights, uh, whether it's virtual or in person, um, they have a whole picture of
0: you in, in
1: totality. So yeah, I, I would say it's all those things plus, right?
0: So, So did you get a chance to look at the report and see what they say? I noticed that um, 70% of employers believe that if they spend money on digital health and well-being solutions, it'll have a positive impact on the energy levels of people in the workforce. Yes. Uh, do, you do, you, do you think that's true?
1: Well, I, I'm not exactly sure how the question was asked, but I do know that Mercer actually has probably one of the um, strongest standards for doing research in the market. Uh, they're one of the organizations that other organizations go to to sort of get certified to say, yes, our research methodologies are solid. So um, as research goes, I'm comfortable that their research is probably very, very sound. Um, you know, this is a pretty bar- big research effort, over 16,000 employees, 1,300 employer decision makers in 13 countries. So, I, you know, 70% of organizations saying that sort of this type of, of access would make a better work environment. Again, not knowing how that particular question was asked, the, I at least think that, yes, that the data is probably solid, and I think it's indicative and, and statistically significant for what's happening in the market. Um, now, I think <clears throat> the conversation here goes to, you know, what really are we, uh, are sort of the, the people who are taking the survey, what do they know about digital medicine, right? So some of this goes to how did they ask the question? Do people understand? Um, what the investment in digital health and well-being solutions would look like. And I'm assuming they did give some definitions, um, but they also said that 27% of the workers say they're much less or less likely to, um, you know, sort of leave their company because of the, you know, digital health solutions that are being offered or that they're somewhat or very likely uh, to invest more in digital health, you know, um, usage over the next, you know, uh, five years. Uh, I think that the the point of the report, right, was really to say that this is probably a bigger issue and it means more to your employees than you might realize. That's really what they were trying to say in this report. Um, But what I found really, really interesting was that um, the percentage of organizations that say that they're already using some level of this, right? Um, Out of the list of 15 digital health innovations, um, the ones that were rated most valuable by workers were the apps that helped find the, the right doctor or medical care, the personal individual and family medical records that are electronic and portable and telemedicine op- uh, options, remote video chat text with doctors or nurses for simple health issue like rash or cold. Those were the top ones that people were interested in and wanted to leverage, but they were also the ones that were probably most in use as well. So, I think, you know, we're probably seeing this roll out in organizations very quietly and a lot of people don't even realize that it's happening in the market, that we are turning what was previously a benefits conversation that you just sort of took care of on your own and your organization just offered just the benefits package to now your organization is offering all these other services that are critical to your health care as a
0: person, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's early in this, and and I still am unclear about the connection between wellness and productivity and employee engagement. Uh, uh, but 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 the conversation is moving on, and and this report seems to say there's something real there that's gonna that's gonna be changing as we go forward. So,
1: um, and this I it's, think if. The, a U.S.-centric look on this is probably something to be careful of. So I had a, a we had actually a long conversation last week with uh, Thompson International, Chris Spruce over there, who's who, who runs that, and um, they've been rolling out sort of international benefits for you know for the last five six years pretty aggressively. Probably one of the largest in the market doing it. They were acquired by Mercer a few years back, and. What's been really interesting to see is that the idea of sort of digital health care and um, the idea of sort of what we would call extended benefits, right, um, is definitely alive and well outside the U.S. in many cases, even more so than we're seeing here in the U.S. market. Because in the U.S. market, healthcare is a very personal issue, right, um, and we sort of deal with it on a, on a company-by-company, work-by-work basis. Outside of the U.S., it's dealt with very differently. And so a lot of the benefits organizations have to focus on trying to provide things that go beyond whatever the government or the standard would be in the market. Right.
0: Yep. Well, another another great week with all of the interesting things that are going on inside of HR technology. Um, and this week we were <clears throat> way off the standard issue flood of money into Silicon yeah. Valley to do yeah. HR Tech and, and, and onto some of the media um, issues of the time. So yeah, thanks. We've been a great conversation and thanks everybody for tuning in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Sumpter. And we will see you back here next week. Bye thanks bye Bye bye.